Good evening. My name is Sean Lenahan. I am a member of Cohort 4, the Fantastic Four cohort of Stockton University's LEAD program. And uh, we're going to hear some perspectives uh, from other members of Cohort 4 uh, and, uh, and how they feel and how they have felt about this program over the uh, past three plus years. And uh, so I have the honor and privilege of of having Meg, Megan Rebain here on the, uh, on the first podcast we're having. And uh, so Meg, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to start off here with question one. And uh, I wanted to know uh, for the audience out there, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your occupation. Sure. So I am currently serving as the chief of staff to the dean at Douglas, which is the Women's College at Rutgers. I have a 20-year career in nonprofit management and fundraising, working my way up from a part-time temporary job at a local Habitat for Humanity affiliate when I graduated from college, uh, up through COO and chief development officer or vice president for development roles. I transitioned out of fundraising into academic administration uh, in the middle of the pandemic, which was tons of fun, but it's really been an interesting challenge. It's, it's coming at leadership from a totally different perspective than I'm used to. Um, on a personal note, I'm a wife and a mom to two boys. So I'm surrounded by boys, I hope, and my undergraduate education experience was highly unconventional. I went to Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is a non-traditional undergraduate program that lets you kind of design your own course of study. And so that's really how I approach learning. Um, learning for fun. Grades don't matter. All right. Yes. No, I, I, I feel that on occasion that grades do not matter. But uh, I'm curious as to, uh, you know, why, why Stockton University and what drove you to pursue a doctorate? And, uh, you know, what, what did your family and friends think when you announced you were pursuing a doctorate? So I always intended to get a doctoral degree. Basically, graduating from college, my intention at that point was to go straight into a doctoral program or a combined master's doctoral program in anthropology. But life got in the way and I didn't do that. I ended up taking that part-time temporary job and staying in fundraising and nonprofit management for a very long time. So when I moved back to New Jersey in 2006, I looked at going back to school and doing that doctorate in anthropology. Um, and I realized at that point I'd be going to school for seven or eight years, you know, spending a couple years likely living somewhere else, um, doing field work. And then I would likely take a 50% pay cut after I graduated. And I was just starting a family. Um, it, it, we had just bought a house. It just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit at that time. So it was always back of my mind that I needed to do this. And I mean, needed to do this, but for me. Uh, so when I, I moved into the ranks of senior leadership in the organization I was in at the time, uh, in 2008, 17 and 18, um, I started looking at kind of the next phase of my career. I was in academic fundraising at that point in time, and I knew a doctorate would 
make a difference. So I applied to the three New Jersey-based programs that I knew of at Rowan, Monmouth, and Stockton. And I just felt the Stockton program was the best fit for me. I'm a fan of unconventional learning, and I liked the way that the program chairs approached the topic, as well as the way they, they created a purposely interdisciplinary cohort. Um, that all really resonated with me, so I knew it was the right fit. Yeah, no, I completely hear you with the interdisciplinary cohort. As a, as a federal employee, it's just really, uh, really interesting to hear different perspectives from individuals that work in healthcare or nonprofits or higher education. It's just very interesting. So, you know, you know well, even our, our interview, we had our group interview and it was you working that's right. in the federal government and Mary working in healthcare and academia and me working in the nonprofit sector. And, and, you know, it was even clear just from that interview that it was going to be a really wide ranging mix of people. Yeah. In the program. And speaking of the, those people in the in, in the program, uh, you know, you became a member of the, the Fantastic Four cohort. And like, what was your first impression? Like, how did you feel the first few classes with these uh, virtual strangers? You know, were you nervous or did the, the free breakfast kind of like set your mind at ease? The breakfasts were great. I, I actually really liked the yogurt fruit granola days the best. Um, and the rest of the time, it was just a constant battle not to eat a million muffins. Yeah, yeah. Which are not what I need to be eating. Um, so, I, I mean, in the beginning, I kept waiting to feel really disrupted. You know, we kept being told, we're going to disrupt you. This, this program is going to disrupt your thinking. But I think that my previous experience with kind of unstructured education and ambiguity in in learning um gave me a little bit of an edge and i felt like i was kind of okay with it i mean there was definitely disruption but i it didn't it didn't make me uncomfortable um i was a lot more comfortable in those first few classes than i expected to be or, or maybe than some of the rest of our colleagues in the cohort were so i felt like it opened me up to be a little more social than i might otherwise be uh, but I was still pretty nervous. I mean, you know, new people, new challenges. And it was definitely a group of people who seemed very secure in their own abilities. <laughs> hmm. um, I hadn't written an academic paper for more than 20 years at that point, too, and, and felt like I was a little rusty there. So, you know, those were those were things that made me nervous. Um, and that first, in the first class, when the members of cohort three came in to kind of, like, look at our product um and talk to us about their experiences i felt you know completely outclassed at that point thinking what am i doing here mm -hmm. um but you know it was amazing what a difference just one semester made because i was so much more comfortable by the spring mm -hmm. now you know the uh the stockton program is basically broken into to two phases and um so, you know, in the second phase being primarily part of the dissertation, but um, so now you, you've, you've been with Stockton in the Stockton program for the past three years. So aside from that dissertation, how do you think the, the lead program and the, the lessons that you've learned from the program uh, have helped you personally and or professionally? Well, 
I like how you say aside from the dissipation, like it's no big deal, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely feels better on the other side of yes. the dissertation. But um, besides the really truly exceptional group of people that I met through the program, I think the biggest benefit for me has been kind of tools and theories that help me lead in everyday experiences. Um, so I've, I've found that I've been able to translate kind of theory and, and case studies and examples we talk about in class into actionable things at work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, either improving a process or changing staff morale or somebody's experience. So, you know, we had a class with Tracy Schneider right. um, that included a lot of work on theories of decision making, um, organizational planning, strategic change management, things like that. And shortly after that class, I found myself uh, leading a project that was um, identifying my organization's needs and our positioning going into a major negotiation. And that class was so helpful to me in defining a way through that project. You know, being able to say, this is what we need to do. You know, this is how we're going to structure our position in this negotiation. Mm -hmm. No, that's and that's 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 really interesting. Um, you know, with with the program and uh, with the cohort, do you, this is just kind of a, a, a quick personal question. Do you have a favorite memory uh, from the program? You know, with the people, with the cohort uh, over the last three years, is is one uh, is there one moment or so that, that that sticks out to you that that you'll keep with you for a while? Hands down, it was that week we spent on campus in Atlantic City in the summer between our first and second year. Oh, that, the uh, intensive learning week that, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just far enough away from home for me that I, I couldn't go back and forth to home every night. So I had to stay in the dorms. Um, I got to get up every morning and go for a walk on the boardwalk before breakfast. You know, I went to the beach after class, you know, we had dinner and casino walks in the evenings and, and we also worked. I mean, we, we yeah. did, really serious intensive work on building a series of games that were designed to do specific things from a a leadership and workplace perspective and that was it was fun just the whole week was fun it was like a mini vacation even though it was work right yeah no that was a great time uh, i also remember mark wearing uh like waiters or something uh from, from one of the uh, yeah so, <laughs> Yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, so yeah, no, that that was a yeah. I, I have fond memories of that week as well. Um, now, um, in interest of time here, I want to I want to move uh, you know away from the uh, like the first phase of the Stockton program and now actually speak about uh, the dissertation. You are, uh, to my knowledge, one of four people that have actually defended your dissertation in front of the lead faculty. So congratulations on that. Um, but for yeah, thank you. But for the uh, for the listeners out there, because I'm sure this is reaching millions of people, the question we have is, you know, what was your topic, and and this may be a strange question, but did you have a feeling that this would be your topic when you started the program? So I examined the lived experience of women currently serving as nonprofit CEOs, and specifically as it relates to their experiences of challenge and how they used that challenge to construct their leadership identities. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I was 
interested in understanding that, kind of using the idea of liminal space and an anthropological construct of identity building, um, it, which is something I've been interested in for years, you know, th this idea of identity and liminality and how those two concepts intersect. Um, I, you know, I, I ended up interviewing 11 women um, from ranging from CEOs of mid-sized regional to multi-billion dollar organizations at an international scale um, over the course of about four months. And I, what I learned is that they absolutely uh, use experiences of challenge to construct leadership identity, but not in the ways that I expected. So, you know, findings were both confirmatory and surprising at the same time, which was interesting. But I mean, in terms of whether I knew that I was, I knew I was likely going to do something in the nonprofit world. It had been kind of my comfort area for 20 years. It was, it was what I knew from a work and leadership perspective. Um, I'd been interested in gender issues um, for a very long time. So there was a good chance I was going to do something there, but I definitely didn't have the concept of this project in my head. Um, and as a matter of fact, Tracy Schneider, who I mentioned previously, really was the first person who kind of helped me think through what all these disparate ideas bouncing around my head could possibly be, because I was a mess. I mean, I mm -hmm. think I went through six or seven different project proposals Yeah. at the start of the dissertation phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I, I had that experience too. Um, just I, I had the topic in mind, but just how to, uh, you know, how to capture the topic, or like if it was a quantitative or qualitative or mixed methods, that was that was one of the biggest challenges uh, for me. I mean, like I knew the topic, but you know, just uh, you know, how what exactly would I study, and how would I study that topic? I think was my thing. So, you know, and it, which brings me to the, my next question is that many of us that are in the, the Fantastic Four cohort are literally in the final stages of, of closing out their dissertations and closing out the program. And um, so, and as I had said, like one of the most difficult parts of the process for me was kind of figuring out what instruments to use, what type of study it was going to be. Um, so what would you say would be the, was the most difficult part of that process for you? You know, could it be chapter one, two, three, four? I mean, what, what, what exactly uh, uh, would you say was the most difficult part of the, of the whole process? So I knew I was doing qualitative research from the start. I, I'm, that's been kind of my, from a research perspective, been my love since I was an undergraduate. So I didn't have trouble making that decision. Um, I think where I maybe not struggled, but the part of the process that was most challenging for me was the, um, the analysis, the data analysis part because of the time required. You know, I, I did a phenomenological study. So I collected the data through interviews, which took way longer than I expected. And then of course I had to transcribe them. And, and I used kind of a multi-stage analysis process that was both 
discrete stages and everything happening all at once in a true phenomenological sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just felt like that process of analysis was never ending. And, and I could have gone down so many rabbit holes and I, I had to really constantly push myself back to my topic because there was so much interesting data that I had in these incredibly rich interviews. These women were so vulnerable and so open with me mm-hmm. in our conversation. So I, I had giant post-it notes of my conceptual framework and my research questions on my office wall to remind me of what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Um, yeah. But once I started writing chapters four and, and five, though it really flowed, I, I found the closing process kind of from the point I started writing chapter four through the defense to be really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, and, and me personally, I, I had considered a, uh, you know, a qualitative study. And then, uh, you know, some have kind of referred to me as a kind of having an alchemical mindset. But even I didn't, uh, you know, predict the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but I can tell you that that kind of altered, uh, you know, my opinion and my, my ideas of, of doing qualitative research and saying like, oh, man, I might not have the ability to interview people because of this pandemic or, or reach people at work. So I was kind of more um, in the quantitative realm. Did, did COVID at, at any point in time kind of alter your thinking about how you would approach a dissertation or was it just, you know, it did not really affect, you know, your scope of, of what you were trying to do? I mean, it's not that it didn't affect it. It didn't change anything about the dissertation, except that I did all of my interviews um, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what that meant for me was that I had access to people that I would not have had access to otherwise. Right. So, you know, I, I got to tell you, the CEO of the two point whatever billion dollar organization was not going to make time me to meet with her in office nor was she like i I wasn't gonna fly out to some of these women they were not all local right so you know doing it remotely helped um i think also that you know for me covid did kind of cover the sky in the interviews Mm -hmm. um you know most of the women answered questions about challenges with responses that tied back to what impact COVID was having on them and their organizations. Yeah. And it, it, you know, that was um, part of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Megan, I have one final question for you and uh, uh, I really appreciate your time in here. So um, my final question would be uh, for, for this podcast is what advice would you give current students in cohorts five, six, or seven? or to those considering pursuing a doctorate with Stockton's LEAD program? I think the kind of the biggest thing that I wish I knew going into it was, and, and I don't get me wrong, I had a kind of idea that this was gonna be a major time commitment, but I don't think I had any clue exactly what that was gonna look like. It was so much more time than I really thought I had to give. It means basically another job. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to be willing to make that time commitment. You have to be willing to not just drive down every other week and spend the weekends there, 
but it's also, you know, there's a ton of weeknight work. Um, the reading, you know, I feel like I've done nothing but read theoretical frameworks and journal articles for four years at this point. And then, you know, on top of that, the dissertation itself is a whole nother time commitment. Yeah. And um, you have, I mean, there you have to be willing not just to make the commitment to at least 10 hours a week. You have to be able to force yourself to keep that commitment, um, which can be hard. I mean, I, you know, I had a period of a couple months where I, I really just wanted to hang out. <laughs> Yeah. Not do this anymore, and, and that was hard. And then the other thing I think I tell people is is that you need to be open. Um, you know, whether you feel majorly disrupted by the program or not, you are learning new things. You are gaining new perspectives. You're going to be exposed to things that you didn't know about or understand before. And if you go into it with this kind of understanding that you know, you're going to, that you know what you're going to come out the other end with, it, you're wrong. Um, and you have to be open to that. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much, Megan, for uh, for being the, the first participant in this, uh, you know, uh, very popular uh, podcast here. Um, I, I think that uh, anyone that listens to this that that's considering a... Uh, uh, you know, applying to this program or, or becoming a member of a cohort uh, uh, would would really um, take a lot out of what you just said. And and uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time with me today. So um, thanks again so much for, for uh, participating. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that does it for episode one. I'd like to thank Megan and uh, uh, that'll do it. See you for the next one. Bye.